Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. My name is Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a light-hearted look at the dark side of history. The title of our podcast today is The Curious Life of W.C. Minor. William Chester Minor was a, an American Army surgeon during the Civil War. Um, he went on to be one of the uh, main contributors to the Oxford English Dictionary, despite Brandy being a lunatic. <laughs> well, you've not done too bad to me. That's right. <laughs> thank, you, thank you, Charles. Uh, so we'll talk about his very interesting life. Uh, but before we do, let me remind you, we are a comedy podcast. We cover history and true crime, and we do use adult humor, and uh, we use adult language. So if you're easily offended, um, please check out Insight or one of the other podcasts, um, because we are probably not uh, what you're looking for. But if you have a sense of humor and uh, you are okay with shenanigans, we do have shenanigans, Brandy. <laughs> We do have, but I'm not, I'm not really sure about how much comedy we have. I feel like we're being well, a little arrogant when we say that. Yeah, it's relative. <laughs> Shenanigans. We attempt to be. We attempt to be a comedy podcast. Yeah, to that's me. I'm true. not sure that we are always. Well, pull you that know, off. yeah, you have. You know, you fake it till you make it. That's what I always <laughs> that's say. That's true. That's what, that's what I do with orgasms. It's my motto. That's what I do with orgasms, Timmy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, let me introduce the very lovely, and who I may say has very, very lovely hair today, Thank The you. Uh, known as Brandy the Benevolent, Queen Brandy the First, Her Majesty Long Live the Queen. How are you today, Brandy? I'm good, Timmy. How are you today? I'm well. Your hair just looks so beautiful. Well, I cut it all off. I got to actually say I like to have cut your red-headed devil. It looks, looks good. Thank you. Did you get, did you get a little chub? <laughs> when, when you first posted it on the, you know, it's this is where I get disturbed. Is, what? is what? when <laughs> you post that picture on Facebook, uh huh, and I look and I think, oh, she's kind of hot, and then I go, ah, it's Brandy. No, no. Then I gotta beat that thought out of my head. I can beat it out of your head for <laughs> you if you like. Did I, you have a good weekend, Brandy? It was a long weekend. We went. Uh, I ended up in Buttfuck, Kentucky. Oh, so that population. Was popu- well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. At least two. Population, <laughs> no cell phone service. <laughs> no cell phone service. None. So that was awesome. 
And then I get into work today. It's Kentucky, not Bangladesh. Dude, I'm telling you, (laughs) no cell phone service. Because I thought, oh, I'm in the middle of East Bejesus. Let's see if it'll tag, if I can, you know, tag Uh this place. No, no cell phone service. Cannot check in. You cannot check in. And clearly we had a hard time checking out. So, (laughs) um, and then I got to work this morning and got a renewed sense of anger toward my nemesis. I, I know, I saw that. And, and, and for not once, my, I'm not your nemesis. No, surprisingly and, not. And it's not me Chuck. either. No, not either one of you. That's amazing. I know. I'm glad that you're just not coming at, making your evil plans coming after me. like you. Oh, there are plans yeah. being made. <laughs> yeah. But, but if, if we're observant, we can kind of find out. We can what, head it off. Yeah, yeah we, we can, can see where her, we, yeah. we can see what a flaw on her plan is. Yeah. We could build our Russian defenses. Exactly. Our, our, not the our Russian, the Star Wars defense. But yeah. here's the thing. He, as we know, he's a collective nemesis. Like, he is I, a collective nemesis. So, yes. you know, you could, you can help me or you can hinder me. Which side of history do you want to be on? That's the basically question. He, uh, one of the winning side. Basically, that someone would be got mine. basically someone got credit for something that you done have that done. I do every fucking day <laughs> <laughs> on accident. I do it uh, I, every goddamn day. A serious award, a big yeah, award, a, national, like a huge award, <laughs> yeah. a national award. Yeah, for shit I do every fucking day that he just accidentally <laughs> stumbled into and decided to do his job. <laughs> Fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> Fuck him. Little I'm, rat bastard piece of shit. I stabbed him a while ago. He has not bled out yet, which is disheartening. And I'm that's all oh, that irks the shit out of me. But, it, but I'm glad you're not bitter about it. I, and I'm glad, yeah. not, I'm glad this is you not the grace and a plum you do. You know what? But do. here's the thing. You know, my team works hard doing the job that they do. Your team works hard. Do we get any fucking recognition? <laughs> not a blip in the fucking paper. Oh, not on. even hold, mentioned in the company newsletter. Hold the fuck on. <laughs> Timmy was here for three months and got a super employee award. I know. You got no super awards. I have been, and, and you you have to know what we do here, but we, we have, there's 88 counties in Ohio. For how many years, I don't know, it's been going on. We have put more people to work, which was what we're supposed to do, than any county in Ohio. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> I and don't you even get a get goddamn nothing. thank you. <laughs> no. You don't even get a mention in the program. No, I don't. Which is bullshit. But you know, our teams work really hard doing what we do, and then this dipshit stumbles onto something, <laughs> and you know puts ten people through a program. Fuck him. You do like thirty a week or something. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry about that, Brandy. Um, well, you don't need to be sorry. We need to make it right. Let me introduce the uh, most dangerous man in podcasting today, Brandy. No, for Pete's sake. A man who is the really the moral compass of our podcast. No. A man who's been described as an oasis in the desert of despair. What? To me, you don't seem as enthusiastic oh, as I'm, you normally do. I'm very enthusiastic. I'm just, it's, it, I'm, I'm building up to a tempo here. Oh, okay, okay. The very honorable, the reverend. Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Couldn't be better, Timmy. Like that You're DJ voice wonderful. I used there? Yeah, that was, uh, yeah. You like that? Huh? You, was you the morning DJ at W-O-L-D? W-P? What was our radio station? We had two. W-P-I-G? W- <laughs> it was W-N-X-T and something else. I don't know. But, uh, but anyway, Colonel. K-R-P. Enough about me. <laughs> 
Sorry. Let's, let's talk about me, Timmy. Yeah, let's talk about you because we normally do. How are you today? I, you know, I'm wonderful, Timmy. I have my, uh, I, I, you know, I've been doing my low carb thing. Yes. And I finally got myself <sighs> down to 197 pounds, Timmy. Very good. Girl. So you're, uh, really, you're, you're really looking uh, thin there. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> um, you, you can tell you're losing weight. I'm, I'm not being. Uh, yeah, well, maybe I am. But anyway, <laughs> you're patronizing me, Timmy. <laughs> Uh, it's a, it's a very, um, we have a, you have a birthday shout out today. I do have a birthday shout out. I got a couple. All right. Let's um, hear today. Now it was last week, but little Fallon mm-hmm. mascot of team Colonel, the lovely Fallon, the lovely Fallon, um, and Stuart Benson. Yes. Happy birthday, Stuart. Happy birthday to you both. I think Fallon's only about 20 years old, but How, happy birthday, Fallon. Happy birthday, Stuart. Um, we hope you, hope you have a very special day. And um, one thinking about, it, I want to give a shout out to a new podcast. It's a very funny podcast, a history podcast, um, the Dirty Bits. It's really funny. It's uh, uh, a lady named Tani, who I believe is a member of our group. Uh, I know she is. Um, it's very funny. I listened to it this weekend. So if you get a chance, it's new. Give give it a listen. Subscribe. It's the Dirty Bits. It's really funny. And a shout out to Allison Shields, who uh, who's a, been a long time listener. Are thank you, Allison, and Brandy. You have our Patreon shout outs. I do. Would you like for me to read them? Please do, and then we'll get on to the life of W. C. Minor. All right. So, oh, sorry. Let's go with Jen Moyer, Bridget Clavey, Brady McBride, Christine Bourgeois, Donna Curran, Maja, Aaron with an A, Kimberly. Aaron is from Columbus, by the way. I didn't know that. Sweet. Yeah. Kimberly Cameron, Elise, Diane Student from the History Goes Bump podcast, Amber, Annette Petray, Lise, Leslie Hagar, Amber Scoville, Jahara, Alicia and Chip, Dr. Jeff and Dawn, Joe Hopkins with the Now American History podcast, Andrew Happ, Holly Woodward, Shirley Strap, Todd Long, Lydia and Ruth Ann Fisher, Tyrone, Phyllis, Sarah Morgan, Melissa Montoya, Brittany Martin, Joe Hopkins. I said him twice because he's on here twice. Yeah, it's nice okay. fucking list, he, Chuck. Uh, but uh, Joe's a good guy, so that's fine. Mm. Mandy Swanson, Jennifer, Cindy Lou, Heather Poole, Charlie and Allie from the Insight Podcast, Chris Hauer, Cheryl Weldon, TJ Young, who just got married. Congratulations, TJ. Jason Dykes, uh, Rudy the Wonder Dog, Karen Barnes, Rachel Flynn, Nene, Bridget Bernard, um, Rosanna from They Walk Among Us. Ben, Dan- that's Ben's wife. Yes, and there's been rumors that the colonel and has has this uh, a sexual attraction toward Ben. It is not a sexual attraction towards Ben. Have you listened to the show? The man has the best voice he in does. podcasting. I am not denying he has I a just, nice I, you know what? We listen, we're in that group, podcasts we listen to, uh-huh. and I hear all these hens going on about Mr. Case File, Mr. Case File, Mr. Case File. Mr. Case File ain't got nothing on Ben. Well, let's don't besmirch Case File. It's a I'm fine sure he's podcast. a wonderful man, but I'm just saying. It's a fine podcast. He ain't Ben. All right, I know That's you, all I'm you, saying. you got a Woody for Ben. All right, go no, ahead. It ain't a Woody. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's a semi-chub. Okay. Uh, no. Not a Woody. <laughs> I'm just saying it's. It's a semi. It's like, enunci- mo- like morning wood. <laughs> it's his but an- different. His enunciation but in the afternoon. is perfect. 
<laughs> All day long. Yeah. Daniel and Kim Bassett, uh-huh. Tommy Lane, Shelly Garrett, Maggie Glover, Kelly Charette, Karen Widner, Callie Jones, Joseph, is it Kerr? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Lauren Meredith, Jessica Greeno, Mike Brown, Sarah Bloom, Becky Omelette, Karen Alden, Cheryl Pierce, Caitlin Campbell, Fiona Crisp, Laura O'Reilly, uh, Jalen. Uh, yes, and Jalen just joined. Thank you, Jalen. You're very sweet. She's a very sweet girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody better make sure they're nice to her. Canadian True Crimes, so the people from that. That's yes, very, very cool. That's an awesome podcast. Uh, Living up in the charts, by the way. And yeah. Jim Seabright. Thank you, Jim. Uh, thank all of you who support us on Patreon. If you would like to support us on Patreon, please visit patreon.com slash historydweeps, where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or, or just a wee tiny bit to me. We appreciate it, and if you can't afford to give, don't worry, just keep listening, and we would be very happy with that. All right, let's talk about, Brandy, let's talk about the curious life of W.C. Minor. Now, there is a murder. I thought we were going to talk about Benjamin Buttons. That would have been fun. Er, I love that movie. That's the dumbest-ass movie I've ever I seen. I love that movie. Benjamin Buttons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You live your life backwards. Yeah, I like that. I feel like I do that <laughs> a lot. <laughs> One I, step forward, fall back in it. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about... I thought Chuck would like it since it's got Brad Pitt. He seems to have... A, a, I love Brad Pitt, but I don't like Benjamin Buttons. It you, just you don't make rub, no damn you ever, sense. You ever rub one out to Brad Pitt? That's a little personal, Jimmy. <laughs> But I will, say, I will say, I will say, while listening uh, to Case File, uh, oh no, <laughs> while listening to uh, They Walk Among Us, They Walk, they among, walk us. among Us, yeah. Um, I will just say, killing them softly, Timmy, I look at it as porn. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Brad Pitt's a handsome man, <laughs> he's a good looking man. You know what, though, one day, him and George Clooney are the same age, you know that. Yeah. <clears throat> so one day, me George and boys Clooney from Cincinnati. Well, are from Maysville, Maysville, Kentucky. So anyway, oh, I think you're from Cincinnati. He went to Northern Kentucky University right here. Okay. So I, we're it's very close. Let's we're uh, me and the boys are arguing about who's, who's hotter, Brad Pitt or George Clooney, right? This is the conversations he has with his sons. Yeah, and uh. And me, and me and Taylor are going back and forth, and, and I think, you know, I, I'm saying Brad Pitt, Taylor's saying George Clooney. Well, you know, I do happen to have a gay son, mm-hmm. so I figured he'd be the one to decide this. And I said, Tanner, get down here, son. I need to find out who's the hottest amongst these two. And he said, uh, who? And I said, Brad Pitt and George Clooney. He said, oh, God, Brad Pitt, George Clooney, hella old. He's going to be dead soon. George Clooney's a week younger than I am. Yeah. That's an amazing story. Yeah. Well, it was just not comforting to have his son say, you're hella old, you're going to die soon. Well. He's right. Yeah, he is right. And you're older than Chuck, know, so you should I be know. careful. Yeah, you're older than I, me. I'm trying to write these scripts as fast <laughs> as I can to leave my legacy. And I this do, fucking uh, show is my legacy. I do, uh, <laughs> that you need to reevaluate some life choices. <laughs> because you love all the kids. He's liable to get croup and liable kill over. Liable to get the croup. Tell, Timmy, why don't you tell our listeners how dangerous a croup could be? When I was young, I had the croup. They put me in an oxygen tent. They put ice around me. I was It was touch and go. I don't know why you guys make, I don't know why you made fun of that. Because it's like you had the worst case of croup ever. 
you can ask my mom. I had the worst case of croup on record. <laughs> that was before they, they kept got records. you in the books right now. Tell them who your roommate, what he had, though. No, my next door. and then uh, Meningitis I, I, Mike was yeah, next door they to was him. A, they, someone with meningitis. My parents flipped out that they put well, someone with meningitis. And that's the story you lead with. Not they put you in a plastic bag for croup. Well, I was in a tent. I couldn't. <laughs> I, I woke up, and I'm in this plastic see-through tent, and I got so ice all around me. It was, it was, it was kind of like camping in the cold. No, it was scary. <laughs> I must, I must die. It's like you camping guys. in the Arctic. And you didn't pod, almost die. This podcast would never have happened. You didn't almost die. <laughs> you didn't almost let's die. just let's just establish. You know what else they do for? <laughs> <laughs> they pat you on the back, so you cough. I had the fever. I yeah. I got you know what else fever. they tell you to do? In the I wintertime, chills. they just say go outside. <laughs> you can just step outside your home. And that will I, help. I'm telling you, you you've never you've never looked in the eyes of death like I did. <laughs> you, this is 1963. It was nothing to <laughs> scoff at. You were staring into the abyss with your case of croup. <laughs> yes, I would have been. You, you know, and, you and meningitis Molly next door were holding hands, staring into the abyss. So did the meningitis guy live or die? You know, it was a friend of ours who it was their uh, uh, friends. Like their uh, grandchild. No, I think she lived, but it, you know, it was it's highly contagious. And my parents were flipped out when they found it that the person they they put her right in the room next door to me. Because you know, I like to make friends, but I couldn't get out of my tent. So, <laughs> so you hold know, on. You had to carry the I'm, tent down the hall. Well, what just, the fuck he was just you had doing? to roll it down the hall like a hamster ball. <laughs> You know what? I'm telling you, it was it was a, it was a scary period of my life. If you had a pocket like knife, you could have got right out of there. If you had a pocket knife, you was how old, Timmy? I think I was two or three. I don't remember. And you remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of my first memories is being on this waking up minutes. I sent my remember my dad and mom outside the tent smoking. <laughs> I was a, it was a sad sad ordeal oh, should not be made light of oh, oh it's light the croup is a very dangerous disease back then it was yes that's what I'm saying back then a person could could die with an infected tooth well, yeah you might get uh, you might get uh, did they have the, the consumption did they have the antibiotics yes it was the 60s I think the antibiotics was around alright let's talk about, about the medical strides of the 70s <laughs> let's talk about the curious life of W.C. Minor, shall we? Let's, let's get rid of this nonsense. Let's talk about the story. <laughs> let's not talk about Timmy's near-death experience <laughs> yeah. with, a, with a childhood disease that every kid gets. <laughs> Three times. <laughs> yeah, at least. Brandy, the Oxford English Dictionary, also known as the OED, that's yeah. you, see what that's I did if there. If you have street cred, you can call it the OED. <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there? It's initials. Yes, Oxford, it's amazing. Oxford it amazing. English Dictionary. I As don't. A, I don't get it. <laughs> of course you don't. <laughs> the Oxford English Dictionary is a comprehensive descriptive dictionary. Are of you the, fucking describing the dictionary? <laughs> well, some people might not be familiar with it. I bet they are. <laughs> Tell me this. Tell me this. And I know this has been said before. But how many times when you said, could you spell some, how do you spell this word? People say, look it up. Oh, all the time. How in the fuck are you going to look it up? In well, the dictionary. If you don't know how to spell it. But don't you hate it when you. you it no, you know what? Spell check. I can get every word through spell checks where it's like close enough that it'll do the thing where, it, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, that's it. Except for convenience. Can't spell it. The computer has no clue what I'm trying I to say. I have a problem with restaurant. Yeah, oh, I do too. Yeah. I have that problem too. That weird. That yeah. sneaky you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. You never fuckers. know where that you goes. 
Yeah, it's kind Some of a weird thing. Fuckers. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, the Oxford English Dictionary. No is... place Timmy eats at can be considered a restaurant anyway, yeah. so it doesn't matter. The uh, yes, the Oxford. But I'm English not going to say anything bad about Wendy's. It's a, a fine restaurant. Is a big book of words. Yes, it's Eng- the uh, Oxford English Dictionary is a comprehensive descriptive dictionary mm-hmm. of the English language published by the Oxford University Press did in England. Did you have to look that up? Yeah, I did. In the dictionary? It traces the historic development of the English language, providing a comprehensive resource to scholars, such as myself, and academic Clearly. researchers, such as myself, as well as <laughs> describing usage and uh, usage in many variations throughout the world. The first edition was published in 1884. This is all set in a stage. This is the history of the <laughs> yeah, fucking dictionary. It's okay. set in a stage of the story. It's yeah. like a Faulkner story. you got to set the scene. In exactly. I know, Bob yeah. Ross. Paint the motherfucker. <laughs> Come on. So Sir James August Augustus, Sir James Augustus Henry Murray, Brandy, he was a Scotty, no, that guy. Scottish uh, philologist. I don't know uh, what, what? That I don't know. Did you uh, look that word up? No, I meant to. You don't to, know what that means? I meant to, but I got too busy. But Chuck, anyway. look that up. Philologist. I don't know how to spell it. P-H-I-L-O-L-O-G-I-S-T. Oh, okay. He was the primary editor. Anyway, uh, Murray was the primary editor of the Oxford English Dictionary from 1879 until his death. To complete such an unimaginable dif- difficult task... There's a lot of words out there, Brandy. Yes. Murray depended a great deal on volunteers. It was sort of the Wikipedia of its day. Okay. You know how Wikipedia has people, you know, entering information? Yes, yes. Well, that's what he he, he sent out letters. He, he published in magazines looking for volunteers. In the late 1880s, about 10 years into his uh, tenure as editor of the Oxford English Dictionary, James... Murray made a startling discovery, Brandy. What's that? One of his most trusted volunteer readers, who was, you know, submitting words, was a fellow by the name of Dr. William Chester Minor, also known as W.C. Minor, who had supplied tens of thousands of illustrative quotations uh, for the English Dictionary. So he discovered he had this one volunteer who just was outshining all the others. Now, Murray had long assumed that Minor was a neurologist practicing, because he was Dr. Minor, at the Broadmoor Asylum. That was the return address on all of his uh, letters and packages that he sent to Murray. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. While, in fact... Although Minor was a physician, he was at the hospital because he was a mental patient, Brandy. <laughs> Makes sense. Locked away at Broadmoor <laughs> for a heinous crime, Brandy. <clears throat> a heinous crime? How, how heinous. heinous was it? Oh, it was heinous. It was fucking heinous. <laughs> if I use the word heinous, you just don't worry about heinous. So this, uh, this goes above and beyond <laughs> the dastardly deeds you usually yes, talk about. Yes, this is heinous. Chuck, well, this is heinous. Off, Chuck's not looking up what the philo word was. Spell it again. P-H-I-L-O-L-O-G-I-S-T. Philologist? I don't, I don't think that's a word. Uh, it, it might not be. He was a lexicographer, too. A lexicro... L-I-S, I, I'm guessing it's with words, L-E-X-I-C-O-G-R-A-P-H-E-R. Yeah, it probably yeah, is. He, oh, it's a study of language. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Uh, written, in historic, written in historical 
sources. Okay. So he was well qualified, Murray was, to be the editor of the Oxford English Dictionary. Sounds but, horribly boring. But he he depended on volunteers, and one of his volunteers was William Chester Minor. Now I'm going to tell you about W.C. Minor. Uh, if you would, that'd be great. Yes. Isn't Thanks. that who this podcast is about? It certainly is. So we're we'll, going to be telling him about W.C. Minor. Yes, Minor's. we are. William <clears throat> Chester Minor was, descri- uh, was descended from a long line of Connecticut aristocrats, Brandy. Okay. His father, in 1833, his father was a devout Congregationalist. Oh, oh I don't like those. Yeah. He moved in his, uh, him with his bride, Lucy, in what is now in Ceylon, which is now uh, Sri Lanka, to set up a missionary, Brandy. Okay. I like set up missionary. a missionary? Yeah. I like missionary. Mm-hmm. In 1834. Isn't it just a mission? <laughs> set up shop as a missionary. I'm sorry. Oh. In, oh. eight, in 1834, <laughs> okay. William, who were, who's the subject of our podcast, William, <laughs> the couple's first child was born. A daughter, also named Lucy. See, that's weird. Was when you a, shouldn't, women shouldn't name their kids it's, after that. It's like junior. I mean, it's okay. I mean, it's normal for a guy to name a kid and he's a junior, but uh, it's weird when a woman names her daughter after herself. Just saying. Hmm. I'm, I'm not, I'm just saying it's, it's. Uh, it's n- not customary, Brandy. It's not customary. Oh, you're right. It is not. Okay. That's what I'm saying. We'll be judgmental. All right. So when he's two years old, he has a sister, Lucy, born. Shortly after his third birthday, William suffered his first major trauma when his mother died of... Croup. No. Consumption. Consumption. The consumption. Oh. I would have guessed croup first. Yeah, she died of the consumption. <laughs> A few years later, his father remarried another American missionary named Judith Taylor, who is actually not very important in his story at all. So oh, excellent. <laughs> but I mentioned her name just in passing. <clears throat> oh, okay. Okay, thank you, Timmy. Thank you a, so they're in, Sir, uh, they're in Sri Lanka, right? They're at in age Sri Lanka, four, yes. Yeah, at age 14, W.C. Minor sailed to the United States by himself. I'm guessing he was in a boat. He sailed? Yes, I'm guessing okay. he's in a boat with other people, but he wasn't with his family. Was he with a kayak? On a kayak, he could have been on a <laughs> kayak or a raft. <laughs> could have been the Contiki, perhaps. Perhaps I went to see that when I was a kid. It, it was a documentary on someone who went across the ocean in a, in a raft, basically. Like, why would you do that? I, I thought it was going to be the best thing, and I was like 12 years old. Or what? Why so would you that think was the that most ever? Boring show I ever saw. Why now it might be that? interesting, but then it was boring. I don't think so. Uh, at age 14. So he's on the boat. He sells the United States by himself, and he lives with his uncle in New Haven, Connecticut. His uncle owned a little store. Okay. 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 Now, William Brandy, yes. W.C., was a very bright young man. He was the top student at his school. They did some testing on him, and his like scores were off the charts. Mm. Brilliant, brilliant young man. How big were their charts? Much like when the colonel was in school. Not ever. <clears throat> Uh, and like his parents, Brandy William was uh, very religious. Although very devout, and as a teenager, Minor started having a fascination with prostitutes. We all well, have. Who doesn't? He, starting, he started visiting brothels at the young age of 16. But that was all okay 
per his religious upbringing? Well, no, he would. Well, I'll get to that. Okay. Uh, Minor would spend most of his allowance on hookers, and then go home and beat himself in the back with big straps. Kind of. At one point, he was spending nearly four hundred dollars a month on prostitutes. Christ, this is more than I would spend. (laughs) This is eighteen hundred. More than I could earn. Eighteen eighty. So that's a lot of fucking cash. Yeah, he was. He was spending bank. What money. kind of fucking job did he have? Well, that he was dad, able to do his that. His dad and his uncle was wealthy. Christ. So he, he always his family always had money. So anyway, hooker money. Mm-hmm. What do you get? Like just hooker's <laughs> bay or change lying hooker, around. Hooker allowance. Yeah. Can you um, write hookers off on your taxes, Timmy? No, as a business oh. expense. Um, Miner would often. Uh, so after each visit to the house of ill repute, Brandy. Did he go to the same house? Was he a frequent flyer? Did they have a shopper's card. I think they had different ones. He became, uh, he would, after every visit, he would become despondent after he would orgasm. And oh, as yeah. most men do. <laughs> the best that, time to ask him for anything. That's when you need to, I just need somebody to hold me. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And he would become overwhelmed with guilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Mine's usually not guilt, mine's remorse and embarrassment. <laughs> yeah. It's best uh, time to ask a guy to do anything yeah. is that five minutes right there, <laughs> yeah. right after. You get that five minute golden. Yeah, I got a window. Yeah, I got a window. It's the golden window, devil, because yeah. you can to let him know that I bought the thousand dollar purse. <laughs> really? You know those kind of things. Got a window. Yeah, well, yeah but let me let me say, to catch his breath. It is not the time to give a guy your address and say, in case you want to send me a <laughs> gift. <laughs> That's true. I you don't do know that, that there is a time for that. You do that before the orgasm. Well, mm. and I kind of think that she was being very presumptuous there. Like, <laughs> yeah, she, it was going to be worth a gift. Yeah, yeah. She was. Anyway. It was worth now, a gift. Now, see, if she were to say to you uh, Inky beforehand. My friend Inky. If, it's your if friend. Want, if this happened to me up in. We up are in lumped the, into the same category as Inky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't like that. Oh, so Inky's I'm up okay. in the Butler County Courthouse. I'm going through the garage. Uh-huh. And this woman up there. She walking through the garage, and she's a, this back when crack was a big thing. Crack is whack, by the yeah. way. Yeah, and she was she was a literal crack hoe. Sure. Okay. True crack hoe. I've struck out with those before. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's murder to your self esteem. I'm telling you, it is. Makes so you want to go to crack. It's <laughs> crushing. It's crushing. So this woman says to me, and I'm not making this up. She says to me, "Hey." What are you doing? I was like, I got to go into the court here. And she said, I'll suck your dick for $20. It seemed like a good deal. And I said, no, thank you. I appreciate that, but no, thank you. <laughs> Way to be polite. <laughs> and she said, okay, I'll do it for 10 <laughs> And I was like, ma'am, I got to be in court. And she said, come on, $5. I'll suck your dick. Bastard. <laughs> It was a fire sale. See, here's my thing. If that woman, and she was not an attractive woman, she was not somebody. If the woman were to come up and said to me. But how did the top of her head look? Well, that, see, if she would have said to me, hey, I'll give you a blowjob for $100. It will rock your world. Okay, I would have. I would not have $100. I couldn't part with that. But, you know, it would have got me interested. Well, now, when it goes fire sale, when you start when you start <laughs> you debating it like you're at a Turkish rug bazaar, it loses some of the magic. It's very much like when the yard sale's five minutes from over. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they they don't want to carry the coffee table back in the house. No. You can get it for any price. Sure. Yeah, if you would have, you could have ha- uh, held out for 250 I bet. 
Oh, I bet I could have got it down to a dollar twenty-five and a ham sandwich. <laughs> yeah. I, d- I did not take up on that offer, by oh, the way. But but yeah, I just thought you know you just you just ruined the whole thing by dropping yourself down to five dollars. Yeah. Her self worth. She really needs some guidance because her self worth is needs, clearly in the toilet. She needs to go to one of Tony Robbins seminars. Well, or somebody's. So uh, anyway, W.C. Minor uh, would often so he would become overwhelmed with guilt after he makes these visits to the brothels. And then he would often uh, fast, Brandy, or take even more extreme measures to punish himself for his indiscretions. He would tie a string around his penis to cut off circulations, hoping his penis would die of strangulation. So he choked that chicken. <laughs> well, he tried. He, when they say choke the it chicken, would, I don't believe that he was trying to asphyxiate the bishop. So he's trying to. So he's trying to. Yeah, strangle he was, his pecker. Couldn't he just put a rubber band, a real tight rubber band, on yeah. that and wait for it That's to pr- fall He probably off. did. Well, he. That's you know, sad. It was. It's not really. Well, he was but, deep in. You know, he was. He had this conflict because of his religion. He would also lock himself in his room for days and read the Bible, stopping only long enough to, to go back to the whorehouse. No, <laughs> to sleep and take a few sips of water. So he's fasting and he's punished. He's you know punishing himself. In his early 20s, Miner stuttered, uh, stuttered, studied medicine at Yale University, Brandy. Then, That's a real famous college. Then he should have known that you can't really yeah. well, strangle I mean, he, your dick. Well, I mean. You yeah. actually can. I mean, you can hold it's on It's not like to, you're cutting off the, the oxygen supply You can hold it so there. hard sometimes it's sore the next day. <laughs> <laughs> but when they take you to the hangman's noose. <laughs> You know what's not going in there? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I wonder, that would be a good Colonel Justice thing. You shall be hung by the genitalia until death. Yeah. Well, we're going to get hang there a while. We're going we're gonna to be talking about genitalia. Uh, oh, sweet. A little, in, a, in a bit. <laughs> Please do. Let's get on with <laughs> you that. never get enough genitalia. Yeah. In his early 20s, uh, so uh, W.C. Minor goes to Yale. He was a very bright student. He graduated from Yale in 1863, specialized in comparative anatomy, and earned a medical degree in February of 1863. He finished the top of his class, and despite uh, you know being the brightest guy on campus and, and um, excelling at his studies, in his spare time, uh, when he was not studying or chasing prostitutes. He's trying to rip his own dick off. <laughs> no, he volunteered to collaborate in developing dictionaries and encyclopedias. Right. So he dictionaries. Was, he's really big on these... Uh, uh, Informational books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he, I, I he was very meticulous, Brandy, in his efforts and was viewed as brilliant by his professors and his peers. Why do you keep talking to Brandy and ignoring me? I'll talk to you now. Uh, Colonel, upon his graduation... No, thank you. The young surgeon enlisted into the Union Army, Colonel. He was, uh, his first post was at the Knight Hospital in New Haven, and a year later, he found himself at the front. Of course, this was during the American Civil War. Mm -hmm. He was transferred to Virginia, where he served during the Bloody Battle of the Wilderness. Brandy. Oh, that was an ugly one. Yeah. That was bad. He served it, as a... Was it in the wilderness? <laughs> Lots no, of people died? Actually, it was in was a 7-Eleven parking lot. I don't know. Nice. Only one person got hurt. They didn't have the cell coverage there either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still in Bumfuck, Kentucky. Yeah, oh, I know. Uh, so anyway... <laughs> no, it was in Virginia. Anyway, he served with an Irish regiment, <laughs> Colonel. 
Oh, no, not those bastards. <laughs> it's standard. Don't do that. They'll no. shoot you right in the back. It's, you know what? That's insulting to yes. all leprechauns. And we have a lot of Irish listeners, so we apologize for his... Uh, the, you know the colonel is Irish. I know. Yeah, you're I know. West Side Irish. You're Irish. You've got gay kids. You, <laughs> you're half black. He's I know. I know. You, you know what? You Here's can't. the thing. <laughs> we, black. He, he checks off all our boxes. I know, but he he's a go, token. But he thinks he can go around <laughs> talking bad about people just because he's, he's some remotely. He's the token, and he's West Side Irish. That doesn't count. All right. Anyway, back to WC Minor. Silly. <laughs> Not off the boat or anything. Anyway, he was a he was a surgeon or he was a physician with this regiment. Now, as it, <laughs> you it was okay? sick, yeah, he but got you to know, poop again. Well, you know, as a surgeon, he went in. He became a physician to help people, right? Much just like became a podcaster <laughs> to help people as a public service. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank God. So, but he, he he was a physician to help people, and uh, but. One of the duties that they had physicians perform during the Civil he said War duty. Yeah, <laughs> was when uh, not only were they there to operate and uh, tend to the, the wounded, but when they had deserters, the physician's job was to brand um, those yeah. oh, who yeah. fleed their post. I think we should do that today. Well, in 1864, Minor was ordered to brand an Irishman who was attempting to desert the Union Army. This incident left him physically ill after performing the task, leave it alone, after performing <laughs> the task, Minor was distraught and was witness vomiting several times, Randy. <laughs> Many commentators, Colonel, later speculated that this may have well led, this, this incident may have been the one that led, that drove him mad. Just branding somebody? Yeah, it was very traumatic for Sounds him. like a weak stomach. Yeah. At the close of the war, uh, Minor rose to the uh, Army ranks thanks to some connections he had at Yale University. He became a commissioned um, captain, uh, Colonel. But within five years, Brandy, his behavior, <laughs> his behavior became increasingly bizarre. He got us on a rotation here, devil. So he remained in service after the war had ended and took a posting in New York where his behavior first caught the attention of his superiors. Minor remained very addicted to visiting brothels. He um, would it's more record... more of a hobby, really. Well, yeah. he had a problem. He would record the visits in his journal with very detailed accounts of his experiences with prostitutes. It was this sexual obsession... That characterized his illness. Minor was transferred to Florida, where he became increasingly paranoid. He would accuse his superior <laughs> you officers. You should be paranoid if you're in Florida. Well, the thing is, right. after he branded this guy, he started exhibiting signs of paranoia. Could some of this be like post-traumatic? Yeah, it, yeah. It, you'll get to that, but yeah. Okay. Um, Minor was transferred to Florida. Where he became increasingly paranoid, and he would accuse his superior officers at this point. Oh, he, I don't know what this sentence doesn't even make sense, but he was, at this point, um, he was blaming his fellow army officers. Yeah, he was getting in fights in, with his uh, comrades. Shortly after challenging a fellow officer to a duel, 
the army diagnosed him with suffering from mental illness of plotting against him and unpredictable even violent yeah so it's basically schizophrenia but you know that at times people do plot against you yeah does that make you paranoid then just because you're paranoid doesn't mean there's not someone out to get you exactly by 1868, after Army doctors diagnosed Minor as delusional, suicidal, and homicidal, he volunteered for treatment at St. Elizabeth's Hospital in Washington, D.C. After a stay of 18 months, Army doctors concluded that Minor suffered from an incurable case of what we call today post-traumatic stress disorder. Look at that shit. I fucking diagnosed him you did. on nothing. Yeah, had you read the script, you wouldn't even have to guess. <laughs> I still diagnosed it. That's fucking impressive. I'm like Dr. Quinn over here. All right, so. <laughs> Dr. Quinn. <laughs> like fucking Quincy. Bet she could fucking help someone with a croup. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. (laughs) She put you in one of those buffalo skins. She put you in a Kroger bag and move on. (laughs) All right. She was hot. You know what? That woman never ages. She doesn't. kids when she's like 65. What's her name? Jane? Seymour. Seymour, yeah. yeah. No, uh, I'd like gorgeous. to see more Jane. <laughs> I know. Uh, he was described was as being one, incapacitated by it. causes <laughs> arising in the line of duty. Minor was given an, ar- an army pension and released in 1871. In receipt of a considerable private income and now without a profession... Miner decided to travel to Europe and undertake the grand tour of classical sites. Yeah, if you're, you know, if you're paranoid about Irishmen, then you should definitely travel to Europe. Right. England, where he goes, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just telling you, being paranoid about the Irish people ain't ain't nothing wrong with it. Just makes you careful. (laughs) It just just makes you aware. We love the Irish. Uh, He traveled to London at the end of that year. He took up residence at Radley's Hotel in the West End before moving to Lambeth. Is it? La Quinta of its day. The La Quinta of its day. (laughs) A three-star? Yeah, and then, you know, they have ice machines right out on every floor. I do love a good good ice machine. (laughs) 
All right, let's see. Uh, let's see. He you ever wonder when you're in those hotels how old those Milky Milky Ways are? In the in the in the depends the, on how drunk I am. <laughs> yeah. In the mini bar, do you ever one beer? Don't care. Five <laughs> beers. What's the worst can can happen? It's you know we we often take Rudy with us when we go on vacation. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, I, and I always think you know we're staying in a hotel that lets dogs come in. Here. Yeah. How clean can it be? How clean? Yeah, I mean, how much could they really care about the sheets? They let dogs come in here. Right. But then, you know, you wouldn't be staying there if they didn't let it all. You know, they say, yeah, like, I know. They say like mean. 90% of all hotels, no matter how, how ritzy they are, have bed bugs. Yeah. That's well, perfect if, since we're going to stay at a hotel you, this coming weekend. Do you take a black light with you? No. Oh, I take one with me. I want to see. Well, what I mean, I do, but not. I'm getting into. But so not nasty. for that. <laughs> <laughs> so nasty. Oh no! I made. Them, I make them come and get those jizz covered sheets off my bed right now. I take. I, a, I use a strobe light to make it look like I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a much better lover than I really am. <laughs> but you're very bendy. <laughs> like little Alice Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> Makes you look like you're going a lot faster too. Yeah. yeah. Put some big glow on me. All right. Anyway, Brandy. So, Continue. So the blue so. man got it. The blue men group got yes. it from you, Timmy. <laughs> exactly. Oh. All right. So he's gone. He's at the Radley Hotel in the West End, and then he moves moves to Lambeth, almost certainly as it afforded greater greater access to the capital sex trade. Well, I try to stay near as the sex trade as I can whenever I travel. Well, right. Clearly, miners' fears of persecution persisted. He believed that he was being followed and approached Scotland Yard to report this because that's what you do. They probably got those little hats, those Sherlock Holmes hats Should have found Sherlock Holmes is who he should have fucking yeah, found. Yeah, with that, those pipes. I love those pipes, Colonel. You know what I'm talking Oh, yeah, about? I got to get me one of those. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, one night on February 17th, 1872, Miner woke and saw a ghostly figure at the end of his bed, which he reckoned to be one of his persecutors. People don't smoke pipes as much as they used to. Oh, they should, it just you depends on I, the kind of pipe. I think we need to bring it back to me. I think when we go to Indy, huh? me and you need to get some tweed jackets and some curled pipes. It's a little warm for tweed. Back in the 1800s you some, when you had to consumption. Get you some Don whatever. Johnson linen oh, jackets. Yeah, oh, yeah, we need linen jackets. Okay, yeah, there we go. There I we go. I get the white one. You could get the neon I want the one. teal. Or the teal, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. yeah. I ain't wearing no and socks. And a pipe. I ain't wearing no socks. No mm-hmm. socks, no underwear. I'll shave this down to nothing, just make it look grubby. Uh, he's, <laughs> I would just like to point, he's pointing to his <clears throat> groin. <laughs> Which I'm sure already looks grubby. All right, so this, so he sees this ghostly figure standing at the end of his bed. Okay, poor Takes a pistol that. out of his luggage and pers- uh, pursued his phantom spirit into the street. <laughs> Whereupon, Miner chanced by accident upon a man called George Merritt walking to work at a brewery near Waterloo. Nothing good happens in Waterloo. Wow, he's just, he's, you know, poor guy just getting up, going to do his work. work. Uh, uh, let's see. Believing Merritt to be the figure he'd seen, Miner shouted at the brewery worker, pursued him as he ran, and then caught him. Miner drew his pistol and shot Merritt fatally in the neck. So he just shoots it. Merritt, random guy. Yeah, Merritt had been on his way to work to support his family of six children, himself and his pregnant wife Eliza. Oh. Uh, Miner was committed for trial in April of 1872. Although his defense made a great play of Miner's war experience, 
The true nature of them was arguably divorced from his enduring delusions. That's quite the fucking sentence there, Timmy. Thank you. Well, but, you know, uh, uh, the English uh, criminal justice system was a little bit more progressive than ours, and so they, they recognized insanity. Right. PTSD, yeah. 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 The latter was described in detail. A guard at his jail testified that every morning Minor would wake and exclaim that he had been abused sexually during the night. His abusers men, women, and sometimes children, hid in the voids of the room, under the floor, in the walls, or in the rafters. So this is in his prison cell. So that's the thing. So did anybody check? <laughs> How did, here's the thing. How was they abused? When they was molesting him, was they like, was they doing it the normal way? Wow. Was they flipping him over? Because there will be physical evidence of that. Well, wow. he was delusional. But obviously. did anybody check? I mean, because he might not have been. There might have been people in the fucking floor. You I don't mean, know. he just might not have. It, it could be that the guy wasn't getting enough fiber, had some hemorrhoids. He wakes up in the morning, his butt's kind of sore, and he's convinced that somebody's coming in, doing dastardly things to him in the night. Yep. One of Miner's stepbrothers attended the trial to confirm that this delusion could be dated back to at least his release from the Washington Asylum and indeed might be traced back to the act that Minor had been forced to commit during the Civil War. While in open court, this act was related as having... Th this act was related as having to brand a deserter. Yeah. It, it seemed more likely that Minor, a man from a missionary family... <laughs> <laughs> As, a, as opposed to they the were guy, all laying down <laughs> as opposed to the guy from the doggy stuff exactly <laughs> had well, taken part in some sexual activity that he regarded as sinful well now, uh, and also the guy he killed was irish so he, he still uh, has this uh, hate crime well yeah, he okay. still has this you know this uh, paranoia that he killed got lucky. irish or out to get him because he branded this Irish well, soldier. It's a right. hate crime. Okay. So the neighborhood he lived in, they had the missionaries in one house. They had the reverse cowgirls in the other. The doggy styles next to Exactly. <laughs> they were all laying down. As a result, C.W. Minor was now living in fear. He was uh, particularly concerned that Irishmen were out to kill him. Well, yeah, they usually are. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever facts the family may have wished to keep private, it was clear that Minor had shot Merritt under the mistaken belief that Merritt was one of his abusers. Since the belief was clearly irrational, Minor was found not guilty but insane by the court. He was detained at Her Majesty's pleasure, I've never understood that, and transferred to the county's criminal lunatic asylum. Minor arrived at Broadmoor on April 17, 1872, where he would spend the next four decades. He was described on admission as a thin, pale, and sharp-featured man with light-colored sandy hair, deep-set eyes. Am Would you consider me sharp-featured? Nope. I would consider you a sharp-dressed man. Thank you, Colonel. ZZ Top. ZZ Top, I believe, wrote that song about you, Timmy. Thank you. Thank you, Colonel. Because every girl crazy about a Timmy. Yeah. And a sharp-dressed man. Yeah. Hmm. The, pol the polo and the slouchy pants and the sketchers. That's what we got going today. All righty. Continue, Brandy. I will. Uh, let's see. He uh, like deep-set eyes and predominant cheekbones. Despite his active symptoms, he was considered to be low risk and was placed in Block 2, which had the lowest security levels within the asylum. So they were letting the inmates run the asylum. <laughs> well, he Much like they do here. Minor yeah. enjoyed a reasonable degree of freedom within Block 2. He was able to wear his own clothes, to walk along the Broadmoor Terrace, and, as his family continued his allowance, 
to purchase daily newspapers, art materials, a flute, and many books for his Ooh, library. He has a flute. Everybody should have a flute if you're in the same asylum. Mm -hmm. Indeed, the latter grew so vast with that exceptionally. He was uh, a vivacious, vivacious, vivacious reader. Voracious yeah. is the word. Yeah. Vivacious would work, maybe not. But okay. anyway, he was uh, a reader anyway. So it, it grew. Uh, Miner had two rooms at Broadmoor, his bedroom and a day room for his books. Did you have two rooms when you were in the uh, Sing the Song? No, some bitch. I had to I had to share a room with somebody. And, and shit in front of people, didn't you? <laughs> I didn't have to do that. We had our own bathroom in the room, but whatever. You didn't. The guy lie. I had to share a room with, though, he wasn't crazy. He was this poor bastard. They had a pain management clinic, but they didn't have empty beds. Oh, in it, they were so trying to wean him off the opioids. <laughs> that oh. sucks. So he was he was going through withdrawals. <laughs> he was a. Oh. Yeah, he was, and he was an older guy, but he'd uh, had some kind of back thing. And this is back before, um, you know, they knew about the bad opioid right. addiction or problems. Or OIC. And, yeah, opioid-induced <laughs> constipation. Yeah. yeah. He had that because I would hear him sometimes, and they're like, <laughs> it, was not, it was not pretty. And see, Pete also, <laughs> because of the OIC, every night, People were coming in and molesting him. Oh, uh, I bet. <laughs> but he just needed a bit more fiber. Oh, love his heart. <laughs> Miner's art, music, and voracious reading were encouraged in the asylum as a suitable part of treatment because he was fucking quiet when he was reading. That sounds reasonable. An occupied mind stood a better chance of being free from unhealthy thoughts. Yeah, try to keep that in mind, Brandy. <clears throat> I, I don't hardly read at all. Uh, in the <laughs> not even the script. She's not even reading <laughs> what you got I was wrote making down shit there. up as I go along. <laughs> in the early 1880s, <clears throat> he spotted James Murray's appeal for volunteer readers in one of the packages of books brought to his cell. Use that package. <laughs> Shortly after taking the helm of the Oxford English Dictionary in 1879, Murray had drafted an eight-page press release, later inserted into numerous periodicals, in which he sought to persuade English speakers around the world to mail him illustrative... Ooh. Wow. That was like a gong. <laughs> <laughs> illustrative quotations. We should use that as a sound effect. The Oxford English Dictionary would follow in part what we know, what we now know of as the wiki model of creating and disseminating knowledge. Man, I wish we had a wiki page. If any of our listeners love us, create a wiki, a wiki page for History Dweebs, please. That's our appeal to you. I don't know how to do that. I don't either. Maybe I do. Some are, maybe some of our listeners. I do. No, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> you know how to do a YouTube page, too. I know how to do YouTube. All right, uh, Colonel. What I, happens oh, next? I, to I found somebody. To, Jake will do our YouTube page okay. so we can have that done finally. Yes. Well, while professional uh, lexicographers would write and edit the dictionary. That's nice, Colonel. A lexicographer? Yeah. <laughs> Lexico. Looks like a lexicocon. <laughs> lexicon. Lexographers. Lexicographers. Just quit. Uh. <laughs> Continue, Colonel. I'm sorry for the big words. Continue. Um, nobodies from the world over will be entrusted with the painstaking work of finding literary, literary, literary. I know. I'm no. I'm trying to. I just got this sentence. I just got what you were saying. Uh, okay. Literary. You see, if you read the things beforehand, <laughs> it's unprofessional. <laughs> well, okay. Corrigible and churish. <laughs> nobodies from a the world a over will be. Huh. 
one minute. Did we tell you that one of our coworkers got an award? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking cocksucker. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Continue, Kerr. A federal award. It's Randy. incorrigible. That's incorrigible <laughs> and churish. Okay, so nobodies from the world over will be entrusted with the painstaking work of finding literary passages that could be inserted into the definitions. Mm -hmm. When Sir James Murray published his appeal to English speakers and the English reading public in 1879 for help with what will become the Oxford English Dictionary, Miner's determination to help was encouraged by hospital staff who thought it would be therapeutic for the madman. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, Miner began immediately to send the dictionary staff thousands of examples of word use from his book collection to assist them in their endeavor. Good word there, Timmy. Thank you, Carl. Miner began combing through his extensive private library of rare books and pornography. There you go. <laughs> Not pornography. <laughs> looking for interesting uses of words, ordinary and obscure. Yeah, he had, his, he had this huge, vast library that he could use. because he It was, was huge and vast? Yeah, it, it was, was huge and vast. Yes. Must huh. like my penis. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard a penis described as vast. Uh, I have quite the vast penis. <laughs> yeah. It's quite rare. It's, it's that quite, is my penis. It's quite rare. It's a gem. Uh, it's a gem. It's a quarter carrot. Wait a minute. Here. <laughs> Continue. So he's going through this. He compiled in. Now, here's one for you, Timmy. Mm -hmm. He compiled enormous. Yeah. <laughs> word that's, list. That's been used as well. <laughs> word list. I don't know that it has. <laughs> I, I, but unlike the other volunteer readers, the meticulous miner who relished the chance to distance himself from his harsh quotian existence <laughs> went one step further harsh what quotian you know like don quixote yeah <laughs> quotian pick up read a crack up in a book <laughs> <laughs> maybe you get an award <laughs> exactly you know what when i get an award <laughs> you know the motherfuckers <laughs> i am not thanking it, it, it's it you was, sons of bitches it was better read purposefully <laughs> purposely not well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't think it was my ignorance. I think it was his mispronunciation. Okay. Quit the silliness. Quotian is a lot different than quote Woden. Obi-Wan quote Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So he would routinely write to the Oxford English Dictionary editors asking them uh, what word they were working on and say art or buckwheat and then supply them directly with... Buckwheat. Apposite <laughs> quotations. Did Spanky come with him? <laughs> Apposite quotations. Apposite means an effective use of. Oh, I quit listening to you. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Now, for decades, Minus sent dozens of word slips to Oxford every week. In 1899, Timmy, right the year before, 19-ot-ot, yeah, the turn of the century. Turn of the century, Murray summed up the achievement of his favorite volunteer. The supreme position is certainly held by Dr. W.C. Minor Broadmoor, who during the past two years has sent in no less than 12,000 quotes. Well, he had a lot of time. Much like penis, t t uh, Timmy's penis over here. 
He's so vast. enormous has been Dr. Miner's contributions during the past 17 or 18 years that we could easily illustrate the last four centuries from his quotations alone. Yeah, it's quite the uh, work, uh, body of work that he had. Oh, there. he was uh, he was on the ball there mm-hmm. when he wasn't out shooting Irish people, <laughs> visiting <laughs> brothels. There's a lot of Irish people that needed to be shot around that time. But anyway, Murray was anxious to meet his top volunteer. But every time he invited Minor to London, Minor graciously declined. Yeah, Broadmoor well, was about I think about hard 60, to go. about sixty or seventy miles from London. Mm. So he kept inviting him. And he would say, oh, "No, I, I'm sorry, can't I make it today. I'm chained to a chair. <laughs> My bad." <laughs> it's a, so it seemed that for a long time, Murray considered Minor to be uh, out of bounds in his secure institution. Only realizing after prompting from a colleague that Minor could receive visitors. Oh. In 1891, David Nicholson, then superintendent at Broadmoor, invited both men, men to meet his at his house for lunch and became the first of a handful of this became the first of a handful of similar events over subsequent years despite the potentially therapeutic effects of his work on the dictionary Mina's condition continued to deteriorate much but, like the devil's well over here. I, and I guess <clears throat> I forgot to put in there Murray was pretty shocked when he found out that Miner was although he was a doctor <laughs> he was a doctor <laughs> But he was um, actually an inmate. He did end. not realize that when he was going to see the doctor, the doctor would not be treating patients. Right. It would be the other he way He would be around. wearing a straitjacket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hard to write those notes with your straitjacket on. So despite the therapeutic effects of his work on the dictionary, he never came to term with his sexual fantasies. Hmm. And his fear of persecution never left him. On the morning of December 3, 1902, Timmy, Mm-hmm. He tied a tourniquet around the base of his penis and sliced off the organ, Timmy. Oh. Sliced up. Did you get that, devil? Oh, I thought yeah. you would enjoy that. Yes, he is. He sliced off his male member. I'm trying to have my Xanax refilled. Much like me, his penis hit the floor. <laughs> Except his was no longer connected to his body. What do you think <laughs> about that, Branny, when men cut off their own penis? one of the smarter things that most of them do. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be able to think no more. No shit. I would he, save a lot of money. <laughs> you would save a lot of money. <laughs> no, I'm not going anywhere on vacation this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stay vacation. It's a staycation. <laughs> he was 60. But you know what, Timmy? You'd have every cable channel in the world. Probably <laughs> Satellite dish, Xbox, PS4. Yeah. So. I'd be on there. I'd I'd be subscribed to every podcast out there. Although he was sixty eight years old, so how much more was he going to use his penis? Well, I'm no, I'm fifty six. So <laughs> well, this is back before medical advances allowed people up into the eighties to get woodies. Mm-hmm. His term for cutting off the term for cutting off your own penis is called autopiotomy. It doesn't even sound nice. No, it, it, autopiotomy. In ancient civilizations, the removal of the human penis was sometimes used to demonstrate superiority or dominance over an enemy. It's kind of Colonel Justice. Okay, so I guess you're taking the, pe- the enemy's penis. Yeah, off. yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that's not auto. So you don't walk up to somebody so you and just slice so, off your wanker. So you remove say, the word auto, and then you got the word when you cut someone else's off. Piotomy. Yes. 
So okay, because I'm thinking you're you're no, vic- no. victorious in battle, and then right. you come up with your sword and wank off your wacker, and, <laughs> and you're like, "Look at me, I won." I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sure you understand how that works. <laughs> Ooh, armies were sometimes known to sever the penises of their enemies to count the dead, as well as for trophies. Hmm. Have you ever you, had a penis trophy? <laughs> because you, uh, I had one made into an ashtray. I actually want a trophy for my penis. <laughs> Negative. The smallest one. (laughs) It was was one of those little tiny cups. The guy, my nemesis beat him out on that too. (laughs) The practice of castration, which involves removal of the testicles, sometimes involved removal of I just put this in here so he could talk about this. (laughs) A part of the penis, generally with a tube inserted to keep Ooh. The Aretha open. Ooh. The Aretha? The, the Aretha. Aretha. Franklin? R E S P E C T. Find out what it means to pee. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like that one. You, you got to think. You think should. You yeah. You should really learn. I understand that you don't know our parts as women, but you should probably get to know your own. <laughs> it's the Aretha. Uh-huh. It's, is it? Is mm-hmm. it the Aretha? Yeah. Now that might be how it's written there. <laughs> <laughs> What are you trying to say? I find, I find that that's a complete possibility, but let's go now. So, anyway, they... You know, they she gets bitter when she doesn't win awards. <laughs> no, even, even Maybe though, next time you try harder, you might win. Yeah. All we're saying is focus a little bit. You could, If you All put I'm your saying mind is, to it... You're going to need to be on the right side of this battle. <laughs> if the you put right your side. mind to something, you can do it. Yeah. Just yeah. like you got through economics... Just like right? how you lost your micro penis award? <laughs> is that what you're telling me? So anyway, butthole. Castration has also been used to create a class of servants or slaves called eunuchs in many different places yeah, in the area. They're on Game of Thrones. Brandy has her uh, tribe of eunuchs. <laughs> yeah. She yep. does. Like on Game of Thrones. That's the first thing they're she pretty does. useless, aren't they? No. They're warriors. Yeah. Don't be dumb. Come on now. Well, in the modern era. what else are they going to do? What do they have to live for? <laughs> That's what I mean. Pizza. That's what you do to hogs. When I was down on a hog farm one uh, time. Of course, again. it's a hog We farm. had to. Did I tell you the story? Yes. About yeah, okay. Four times in about because four different episodes. When I listen, I hear the hog story. If you cut off the balls, they will eat. And yet he continues. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm done. Because they can get fat because they don't have anything else going on. They got, yeah, he's, what, what they and got to And while do? they're standing in line to get their balls cut off, they eat the balls of their comrades. <laughs> they do. Yeah. It's the damnedest thing you ever seen. I'm going to put this in Kentucky your Aretha. Kentucky oysters. I'm going to put this in your Aretha, <laughs> and we'll see how it works. Screwdriver. <laughs> yeah, here comes the screwdriver, and Al. ping it. So, in the modern era, removing the human penis for any such activity is rare. With some exceptions listed below. <laughs> I'm glad of that. Um, and references to removal of the penis are almost always symbolic. Asked why he had done it, Minor replied, in the interest of morality. Huh. What do you think about that, Brandy? He cut, man cut off his own penis in the interest of morality. Good for him. Well, he testified <laughs> for a long time previously he'd been taken out of the asylum at night and forced to fornicate between 50 and 100 women from Reading to Land's End. Yeah, that's me. So he, he is just he laying was, pipe all up and well, down. He said they took him to Istanbul yeah. at night. All <laughs> up and down the countryside, that oh, man's laying pipe. They, all around the world. They took yeah. him to Istanbul, Turkey, to, to fornicate. Hey, they need fornicators there, too. <laughs> yeah, well, well, he taught them. He cut he it off. He taught them. Well, they were, now, Mer- hey, they're not going to do that again, Brandon. not playing him for a fool. <laughs> 
<laughs> Murray and Minor remain lifelong friends and can <clears throat> continue to correspond with each other. Except that uh, Minor had a little higher pitch. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. how would you know from a letter? <laughs> yeah. I bet his handwriting was more shaky. <laughs> but Minor's health continued to worsen. Mm. And after Murray campaigned on his behalf, Minor was released in 1910 on what is a home secretary? Winston Churchill. Yeah, Winston Churchill got involved in this. He got him, yeah. got him released. Winston, Winston said, let, let the dickless bastard out. Who are we going to harm now? Is that so, a direct quote? Yeah. I do love Winston mm-hmm. Churchill quotes. Yeah, most of them yeah. are phony, by the way. But mm-hmm. uh, I read it on the internet. It's like Marilyn Monroe quotes. You think she was a fucking genius. <laughs> well, she's smart, but I mean, these quotes, most of them are made up. But anyway, Colonel. Yeah, he said, he's and um, talk, talking about Murray, he said he has already given blood, <laughs> sweat, and, and peckers for his country. Yeah. N- never in history right. has so many given one pecker uh, for their country. Yes. Church, that's, that's a Churchill uh, quote. And I love Marilyn Monroe. I shouldn't despair. Uh, just... Give him liberty or give him peckers. <laughs> yeah, give me liberty or chop off my right. wanker. Continue. The director of Broadmoor suggested that Minor return to care closer to his family in the United States. And yeah, so a- that's the dickless bastard. <laughs> <laughs> that's harsh. A little bit. In 1910. Wait, wait a minute. How's your therapy going, dear Tim? <laughs> Continue, Colonel. In 1910, a conditional discharge. See, that's one thing he didn't have his discharge was granted for minor's <laughs> no, release. No, I bet he had discharge. <laughs> Sir James Murray visited him one last time before minor was escorted to Tilbury Docks, handed to his stepbrother, and put on board a steamer for the journey back across the Atlantic. See on the Titanic. No, nope. that went sideways. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah. that made a great story, though. Bye bye. After 38 years in the Nut House, Minor was delivered back to Washington D.C. to the Government Hospital for the Insane, where he was diagnosed with dementia precox. Which is funny because <laughs> so he should have been. Com- it was actually postcox. Postcox, yeah. He, but they gave him the dementia precox. No. Precox is like when you're 38 and you're a woman and you're starting to develop the little nub that you're going to get your you're penis when you're 40. Can you finish it? Okay, that's called the precoxes. Jesus Christ, so. it's 3 o'clock. Come on. <laughs> okay, he remained in Washington until November 1919. Timmy, when, he compassion, when compassionate discharge was running down his leg... <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Okay. So he got, he got he was, That would have dried up by they, then. They sent him near to his family, um, the retreat for the elderly insane. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm going to end up. <laughs> for Connecticut. You're about two years from that. that <laughs> What's the name of it again? <laughs> the retreat for the elderly insane. <laughs> Bunch of crazy old people all in one spot. They really need to work on their branding a little bit. They do. I wonder if it's like a little island. I wonder if it's like a little island in the middle of a big old lake. Ma, you're going to like it here. Yeah. You're going to make friends. They have bingo. You can play shuffleboard. You can fucking play bingo. Fucking insane. Every fucking number, you know somebody gonna yell bingo. So you play with you play with someone that's got Tourette. Oh, uh, that sucks. Be 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 That's awful. Oh God! Continue. You know, in the insane asylum, they cheated every fucking game. Well, they just blame their other personality. Yeah. Or. 
one motherfucker sitting at a table playing Monopoly by himself. But the shoe and the rabbit and the car and everything on the Those board. Old you, crazy people. You remember one flew over the cuckoo's neck? Yeah. Where um no, where uh, it was Jack Nicholson. He, yeah. Fat people in that house, and they bet him. There was a bet that he could. He bet them he could pick up this uh, air uh, air conditioning unit. You remember? That yeah. Term? Oh yeah. Thing weighed about four tons. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, they have this bet where well, he's of course he's struggling with this thing he can't pick it up <laughs> oh my god that was funny what so, like that was the whole story <laughs> he bet him he could and he couldn't <laughs> and Scatman Crothers was in it mm-hmm. and <laughs> he was a guard I think and it's someone... you're like cracking up <laughs> well, and someone... that's the goddamn story he bet him he could yeah. and then he couldn't no someone says that it was dark or something and the, someone says the, the guard, where's the guard at? Someone says, he's, oh, he's jerking off somewhere. Yeah. It's Catman Crow's old black guy says, ain't nobody jerking off nowhere, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a great movie. It you need is. to watch it. It's it a won classic. the Academy Award. It was great. Yeah, there are plenty of movies that have won the Academy Award the that aren't mother, worth a shit. Motherfucker, that, uh, you know, in 1995, Sons of bitches, and this is why I don't watch the Academy Do Awards ever again. Do not point that pen again. at me, I'm ever. just telling you, Timmy, this is why I never uh, watch these fucking Academy Awards. Bruce got fucked out of something, didn't he? Well, no, he won the Academy Award um, when he was up for it. Uh, but he no, he didn't for The Wrestler. He should have got it for that. But God, That was a good movie. The year, Timmy, one of the great all-time movies, mm-hmm. Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Can we agree on that? Yes. Yes. Motherfucking Dances with Wolves. Oh, yeah. That, Dancing yeah, that with that Wolves was, won the Oscar. Yeah. That's bullshit. Every time you put an animal or, or some kind of Native American, it wins an Oscar. Yeah, Dances or, or, some, or like a slow dot. You get a slow dot. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Yeah, yeah but you can't, you can't go full crazy. Right. But you, you know what? You know who else has, uh, you know who else got screwed out of an award? I don't know. Brandy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're, we're assuming she deserved it. Well, right, than, I guess. Yeah. In, in her mind. In her mind, yeah. yeah. Fuck you both. So You're on the wrong side of this right now. You will pay. Now, Dr. Murray remained good friends with Mina until I have his to death. ride with her to Indianapolis. I'm going to be nice to her. Yeah, I'm giving him a ride to his nap. First thing I'm doing Indy Timmy gave nap. us the agenda, listeners, for uh, Crime Con Friday is leave here, leave here at noon. Arrive there. It's an hour and a half drive tops. <laughs> Get to the hotel. Take a nap. Right. <laughs> have so, dinner. Have take dinner. A nap. Take a nap. Yeah. I think it sounds amazing. <laughs> well, Dr. Murray remained good friends with Mina until his death. Now, Murray continued to work on the dictionary. His age and failing health doing nothing to diminish his enthusiasm for his work. He devoted his whole life to this, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Dr. James Kinda Murray. like me in this podcast. Not the same, really, but okay. Um, Dr. James Murray died of... Are you willing to chop off your penis for this podcast, Timmy? It depends. <laughs> if we get a few extra downloads. Okay. <laughs> if, we could, if we could break the fucking top 100 on iTunes, we get like a 124. You know how we'd break the top 100 if fucking Chuck over there would go through on his promise and let me electrocute his stomach muscles to oh, go yeah, through labor? I probably would. Chuck, I probably would. That'd be a live Facebook thing. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, though, does it? Um, you know, how does that even you. work? How does that even work? Because, you know, we get we get more downloads than uh, those people. Uh, it's based it's on, a fucked up algorithm, and it's based on you. Yeah, but uh, you know what? Someone said it's based on some like your cover art, too. Your cover Chuck art is Chuck said based. that. Oh, so mm-hmm. it's not Look true. it up on the internet. I'm not lying about that. 
But anyway, we're happy for all of our mm-hmm. friends who chart. We just wish we would chart sometimes. <laughs> we're always at 189 yeah. or something. Now, the second edition. Oh, 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 I got, um, I missed it here. Okay. Dr. James Murray, The Dickless Wonder. You know, maybe if we put out a better product, we would do better. Well, that could help, too. Yeah. Brandy wasn't so consumed with her own personal glory that she had <laughs> Exactly. To we got to talk about her Don Award all day. Yeah. Um, he died of a pleurisy, Timmy, is which that, is uh, similar to the consumption. Yeah, Doctor Murray. Yeah, the dickless guy. No, 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 Doctor Murray. Or no, yeah, yeah, Doctor Murray, the good guy. Yeah. He died of pleurisy. Yeah. Um, I actually had my pleurisy punctured one time. My pleuris mm. punctured punctured one time. Timmy. Of course you did. I did by of broken cor- rib. Of course you did. It's I'm after just saying. Three I wasn't doubting your story. Yeah, it was. Uh, it made me cough up blood. I had to go to the hospital. Sorry to hear that. He was seventy-eight years yeah. old. Now, the Dickless Wonder here, Dr. Chester Minor, W.C. Minor, W.C. Minor, died five years later of natural causes on March 26, 1920. He was 85 years old, Timmy. The second edition at Oxford English Dictionary came to 21,728 pages in 20 volumes and was published in 1989, Timmy, mm-hmm. with most of W.C. Minor's original contributions intact. The book, The Surgeon of Crowthorn, published in America as The Professor and the Madman, by Simon Winchester. It was published in 1998, and it chronicles both Miner's later life and his contributions to the creation of the Oxford English Dictionary. The movie rights for the book were bought by Mel Gibson, and you know he ain't going to do something stupid in the next couple years. No. Um, It was bought by him, Mm -hmm. and in 2016 it was announced in a movie adaptation Called the Professor and the Man Man, starring Gibson, Gibson as Murray and Sean Penn, who I like Sean Penn now, as Minor was in the works. All right, so we're looking forward to the movie <clears throat> starring uh, uh, Mel Gibson and uh, Sean Penn. Sean Penn, yes. Okay, Brandy, your final thoughts on the curious life of the Madman W.C. Minor? The crazy motherfucker. There's not much to add to that. He cut off his own dick. He did. That's commitment. Yeah. Uh, Colonel, your final thoughts on W.C. Minor? I think that he was, a, he was crazy. I mean, he tried but to he choke was, his dick to death. he was very intelligent. He was intelligent, but you know what? It doesn't matter how smart you are, because if you ain't got a dick, you ain't getting nowhere with the ladies, Timmy. Well, I don't know. Brandy, is that true? Yes. What if you have a wallet? Well, your penis love well, well, unless you're adapted to Cunnilingus, because you're the Mickey Mantle of the Cunnilingus. I, I am, but you know it does you no good unless you have a penis. Well, no, you're you're talking about. See, you're talking about reciprocation. Yes, I'm you, big on reciprocation. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Well, I'm not even big on reciprocation. I just want you to do it, <laughs> and then I go on about my business here. And uh, Brandy, any uh, final thoughts? Nope. Well, uh, we're going to be in CrimeCon this we weekend are. in we Annapolis. Are. I'm excited. Uh, we're arriving uh, Friday. We're going to be staying at the Westin. I'm excited. Uh, I'm ready. We are looking forward to meeting all of our listeners. Uh, but whatever you do, don't touch us. And don't look at us in the eye. <laughs> don't look. You know what? I, I, if I you do. see us coming, please bow or something. Okay. I have to say this I, for all our listeners who are going to be at CrimeCon who may run into us at CrimeCon. <laughs> Brandy and Timmy are peculiar people. <laughs> what the Do fuck? Come on now. You tell me somebody gets a, within a foot and a half of you, you're not going to get berserk on them. 
No. You got personal space issues, girl. The people need to be warned about I in advance. I will be fine. I will, you know, I go out in public all the motherfucking time. I know time. you go out in public, but if somebody gets too close to you, you push them down on the ground. You know I've what? If, you she was, if, if she was a little bit more warm and welcoming, she might have won an award. <laughs> yeah, she probably would have. Yeah. I fucking hate you guys. <laughs> All right. Timmy, good luck. Stick your thumb out. Stick your dick out and see if you can get a ride to fucking Grindcon. And, and Timmy, just so you know, Timmy may be talking to you in the middle of a conversation and just walk away from you. Really? I, Timmy does that? <laughs> Timmy does that? Really? Well, I do it because and he's I'm probably introverted. Gonna... He does it because he's squirrely. <laughs> He's probably going to tell a bunch of stories about his dog. No. Jesus I'm going to be hiding Jesus. in my room. Walked no, away. <laughs> I know, but I want to. Um, okay, so let's... Where, where can people find us, Devil? Yes. Well, they can find us on Facebook. And? Uh, you can find us at History Dweeves. The, you can find us on Facebook at History Dweeves, the podcast. Join our group. We That's love to have you. <laughs> find us on Twitter. At Stitcher. History, you can find us at... Not there yet. Okay. You can find us on Twitter at History Dweebs 1, or you can follow Brandy at Brandy Vinay. That's Brandy V-E-N-N-A. Or you can find uh, follow the Colonel at Hawkwaters. And you can find us on the iTunes. Yes, please leave us a review. We got a pretty crappy review <laughs> recently. But um, we <laughs> also got a very positive review. Uh, so we, we do appreciate that. If you are listening to us on iTunes... We would really appreciate you leave us a review. It's how people find us, and that's how we move up the charts. Um, if so, you're going to leave a crappy one, leave one that's funny, though. Don't just say this sucks. Uh, that's you know, just lazy. We've had some problems on the Facebook page with people being idiots, and we've had to kick people out. So I think that's how we get some bad reviews. But anyway, Baby Cakes loves Mitchies. Thank you for your uh, five-star review. We really appreciate it. Yes. And uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you. We'll see you again next time on History Dweebs. Bye-bye. Good day. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.